We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dice Tradecast, brought to you by MyFFPC. Uh, I'm your host, Nathan Powell, for today. And today I am joined by my good friend, my very good friend, Dan Senio. Dan, I think it was last podcast I, I complimented your hair, and now this podcast you're wearing a hat, so I feel like you're being self-conscious. No, 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 no. That the hat, the hat is just kind of my thing. Um, when I take the hair out, it's got to wow people. The hat's the norm, though. I see, I see, I see. Well, one man who is not wearing a hat is our guest for today. He is a trade cast favorite. Every time he's on the show, they basically say, hey, why don't you make him the fourth co-host? And we're like, well, Russell has other things that he needs to do. So, uh, Russell Clay, welcome to the show. That's right. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's get, <laughs> Short let's sweet. Go. Russell let's... recently hit 10K on Twitter, so make sure you send him a congratulatory high five via the internet. Yeah. And uh, I found out uh... the Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season 40 to 75% off everything, plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99, logo styles from $16.99, and jeans from $19.99. Shop in store today at Gap Factory or at gapfactory.com. Today, that doesn't mean $10,000. Uh, I thought Russell had won $10,000. Yeah, no. <laughs> the, uh, I actually sold my account a while ago. So it was just some dude under my name tweeting. <laughs> it's fine someone would be some takes he said he he said he was gonna get me you know through paypal i i haven't got it yet but you know he's good for it well when when you do get that payment uh make sure that you uh 
you subscribe to Rotoviz because as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 30% off the Rotoviz NFL Pass for the 2019 season. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. The 2019 season is around the corner. Make sure you're ready. Gain limited access to all of our NFL content and tools so you get amazing value and support the podcast network. Once again, that's rotoviz.com slash podcast. And I don't know if you guys saw on, on the Twitters, but I believe Rotoviz is getting like a facelift. I think that that it's getting bigger and better. Uh, I think through uh, some of the new guys that are on board or helping that uh, come to fruition. So Rotoviz is going to go from Rotoviz to Super Rotoviz. They're putting a cape on for sure. It's it's all getting rebranded, getting prettied up. Uh, everything's getting little tweaks and and making things better. So <clears throat> definitely keep an eye out for the rebrand and the and the kind of the uh, the grand reopening, uh, if you will. So it's uh, it's good stuff on the way. Sleek like my Nissan Altima, you know <laughs> that nice maroon finish. That's what that's what 10k uh, that's what 10k followers get you on. Yeah, like I Altima. just I just went over to the uh, the old Walmart over there, got some hubcaps <laughs> that fit on the right side. Twenty five bucks for four. You know. uh, do they spin? Do they spin? Oh. No, you know, only on the left side. <laughs> All right, let's talk some rookie draft, rookie auction strategy. Rookie rookie drafts, rookie auctions, they're just around the corner. I, I make a, a spreadsheet of all the rookie drafts and auctions that I'm a commission, commissioner of. Basically, the whole months of April and May are taken up. I, I'm going to be doing nothing but commissioning. Uh, never mind that I have major life changes going on. But anyways, let's go uh, to uh, some dynasty strategy. Uh, first one is going to be trading up. Uh, Russell. I know this is kind of a, a, a broad question, but when you're trying to trade up into a rookie draft, are you doing that in February, doing that in May, doing that as we're on the clock? When is your ideal time to trade up in a rookie draft? What what I'll say is that uh, when I start to target uh, rookie first is the year before, because um, that's the easiest time to get them. And uh, people looking to sort of build in the off season, I kind of just try to snag them then. Uh, this year is a little different than most because people are just out on this class. So I've been, I've been trading like good assets to like buy in to, to these, uh, picks pretty much all over the first round. So this year's different, very different than previous years. I think it's the lack of running backs, but, um, right now has been a good time for me. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that, but this this has definitely been a different experience from just about every year. It's like this is the time of year you don't want to buy, but I'm in this year. Yeah, I think I think now uh, maybe the next couple of weeks before we actually hit the NFL draft is is probably one of the better times for this class. And like like Russell said, this class specifically has been very different. There isn't a clear front runner. There isn't really clear tiers anywhere. I think most people could agree that maybe there's a wide receiver tier and the running backs are just kind of all over the place and maybe a really short quarterback tier. And then tight end is relatively deep as well. And uh, I think there's a teardrop there, but in, in terms of full rounds, it's, it's messy. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of guys that could justifiably go really anywhere in the top six, seven picks. And then beyond that, it's just kind of a crapshoot. So I think now uh, moving maybe upside picks with low floor or upside players with low floors to get into, into rookie spots, you know, one through six or maybe one through eight kind of in that range 
Uh, I think now's a really good time to get in there depending on where you have your tiers and, and kind of who you're targeting. Another time to do it though, um, and, and a lot of times people will say that the the pick doesn't, uh, the, the value doesn't mature until that pick's on the clock, which 99 times out of 100, it's true. But occasionally there's that owner that goes on tilt because they just got sniped because there was one guy that was they were hoping would fall to them at 105 or whatever it happens to be. And then they immediately look to sell once their guy's gone or they try to trade up to get that player. But anyways, if you can find that player, that that owner, um, whoever it happens to be, that maybe you have a, an idea that they were targeting a certain player in, in the first round. Some people, you know, whether it's table talk or just blatantly telling people, uh, digging through their Twitter handles and, and all of that fun stuff. Sometimes you can find that kind of in, information. So knowing that, you might be able to move in for a little bit cheaper if someone's on tilt, no, not wanting a part of, of whatever's left in the first. Uh, sometimes it's easier to package up a future first and maybe a second to get in there. So uh, I think I think now is probably the most ideal time aside from doing it off-season, like Russell recommended, because that's almost always the best time to do it because picks just... You know, for especially owners like me, I always trade my picks like right away because nine times out of ten I'm competing and I just try to get more more players. I, I don't I don't have the patience to wait on rookies and, and hope to hit on one of those dart throws because I'm okay at evaluating players, but uh very, very, very far from good at it. So uh, I trust what I know about current um <laughs> current pros or not current prospects, current players and and kind of roll with that. So I think option A would be buy them early uh, sometime in the offseason. Option B would buy, buy them now, and option C would be buy them from someone who's tilting. Yeah, I do think that from a general you know, year-to-year perspective, I do think that the earlier that you can trade up, the better. The, the more muddy the tiers are, the more willing people are to trade back. But in, in 2019, as we've gotten closer and closer to the draft, I feel like people are more and more down on that first round. And even if people are down on the 2019 class in general, I do feel like people still think this is a relatively deep class at wide receiver. And so those second round rookie picks are still holding some value. Now, for me, I'm kind of disagreeing with that. I'm, I've been doing some mocks and I'm kind of uncomfortable after like the 205, 206. I'm like, do I even want these guys on my roster? So I'm trying to get rid of those mid, late seconds, trying to move them up into early seconds, move several seconds up into a, a late to mid first. So uh, I, I want nothing to do with seconds right now. So I'm, I'm trying to trade those into firsts. Interesting. I was going to say, uh, Dan mentioned the tilt, the tilt. Uh, trade of the first or you know the tilt pick the worst is when you get an email you know that morning and it just says n powell ff has traded one pick in front of you <laughs> to take the guy you want yeah that that's that's the worst email but um i'll be really interested how the second and third round of these rookie drafts shake out um it's going to be totally dependent on those secondary guys like Miles Gaskin and and Miles Boykin, Bryce uh, Love, yeah, yeah, like all these guys. I mean, if they're all gonna drop in the actual draft, then I might end up agreeing with you. But um, I I don't know. It's really undecided. But I I do love um, one through twelve. I will say I think after running backs land in their their spots. I think those are going to increase in value and and make the late first a little more valuable, like Daryl Henderson, Miles, um, Miles Sanders, and you know, 
kind of yeah. going with that whole route. Yeah, the thing is with this running back class, I feel like there's 12 to 14 names of guys that we think if they land in the right spot, they could be legitimate, mm-hmm. you know, contenders to start for a job in, in 2019. So it's kind of just like only three or four of those guys are actually going to get legitimate starting jobs or, or chances. So while there's 12 possible guys right now, that number is going to dwindle very quickly. Very true. And- and honestly, when you look at it from a from a, a broader lens, there's probably only two of them that could legitimately be bell cow type backs. I think most of this class is going to work best in some sort of committee. Uh, most of these guys have done that in college. There's very few that dominated touches, you know, from that perspective. Obviously, you have like David Montgomery and Darrell Henderson. Uh, those types of guys, I think, project out better than even like Josh Jacobs. Yes, the limited film it looks pretty okay uh unless you're only watching highlight videos then you probably think he's you know saquon from last year but um depending on the rap music it depends on the song it depends on roy jones jr (laughs) whatever that one was um i I think i think yeah i think that uh that second's gonna be muddy but i also think the back half of that second might end up being some decent committee RB value picks because like Nathan said, that becomes a spot where he's not interested anymore. Does he even want these guys on his roster where I see it? Like I could get some easy RB depth there for a future second or maybe a couple future thirds or a third this year in a you know future, whatever. So if there's guys that you like and they're sliding or maybe they're not, you know, maybe ADP says, Hey, this is a third round player and you want to get them. That's a really, really good time to move in and get, uh, get somebody for, relatively cheap in the back half of the second because i think there's going to be a lot of those more truther type guys left at that at that point i think i think the top 16 to 18 is is kind of going to be a little bit more chalky than we think right now i think once the draft settles and and we know landing spots i think that that'll kind of cement a lot more not necessarily you know, the, the specific order, but the larger group as itself, I think will be a little bit more cemented. And then beyond that, um, you know, but beyond those top 16 or so, I think, I think it'll get, it'll stay muddy like how it is pretty much everywhere right now. All right, let's move on to trading down, which we covered some bits of trading down in that discussion. So we'll, we'll just go with this question of Russell, when you're trading down in rookie draft, whether it's the first round, the second round, maybe even the third round, you're trading down a few picks, trading four, trading down four or five picks, maybe and possibly around. Are you looking to get compensation in the form of current picks, future picks, a veteran? What what's your you know traditional like? Okay, I have the one hundred six. I want to get to one eleven. What am I asking from the one eleven? I I think you would be much much uh, better equipped to answer this question. I don't normally mess around. Like I get my picks. And unless someone really comes to me with an idea, I usually just kind of, I usually just kind of sit on it and, and build my draft around the picks I have. So um, my rookie drafts are usually pretty boring um, once I get there, but I, I, I think you would be better at answering this one. All right, then I will. I, I, I honestly, the, the, there's not really a true way to answer this question. I do think that going the veteran route often will just lead to wasted time because people will be like, I'm not giving up wide receiver three or wide receiver four to move up five picks. Or I mean, mo- honestly, most of the time, if a guy has a player on his roster, 
he's probably he probably likes the player. You don't just end up with players on your roster very often. Whereas the pick is a, a much more tradable currency, where it's like I'm much more willing to give up, you know, the 204 with the 111 to get to 106 or something like that, or or a future second and something like that. So I, I do think that going the pick route is the easier way to get things done in a quick manner. Um, but I, I actually do favor getting the the current pick just because once you get to the later current pick then you can try and trade that to, for a future pick and get some capital on top of that so i i do think that yes it's nice to have the future picks but if you get a current pick there's still the opportunity to trade it for a future pick later true yeah i'm, I'm with you um i mean i i do take some opportunities to get a future first if i can uh maybe if i feel like my roster is pretty set to compete this year, maybe trade back that pick to a team, maybe that I, I I'm eyeing as maybe it'll bust. Um, but beyond that, pretty much just take the current year and hope uh, you hit some, you know, value value hit. Yeah. I think, I think if we're just talking in terms of like this year, I think the only spots I'm really, if I'm in the first, I think the only spots I'm really looking to trade down are if I'm at like 101 or 102. I think you can gain a good amount of value by sliding back into three, four, five, or six and getting a similar, if not the player you were targeting at 101 or 102. Um, so in this draft specifically, I think those are, are decent spots to move back if people are looking to move up and really get their guy. Um, otherwise, in in general, I'm always if I'm if I'm trading back and someone approaches me, I'm always looking for probably an overpay uh, because in, in most cases, that's what it's going to take in order to move up is, is getting a good amount more of value. Uh, and usually it's pretty easy to get that out of a deal. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard to figure out fair market in something that's, you know, kind of, it, it's, it's all, it's, it's all kind of depends on, you know, the eye beholder, whatever uh, it, you don't know exactly what it's worth until the, until it's, you know, matured in value. And even then, it's only worth what it's worth to whoever's trying to make the pick. So I think it's a lot easier to slide back. Um, if it's, if it's in a spot where you're not really all that comfortable picking um, and, you know, maybe even like I, we talked about before that, you know, maybe that tilting owner where Nathan traded up one spot and got the guy that you were looking for. I think that's a decent time to trade down too, because there's, there's always someone that somebody wants. You just have to do a little bit of legwork and find them. All right, let's move on to identifying teardrops. And I'll start us off here. I'll go with the most obvious way to identify teardrops, and that's ADP. And certainly, if your rookie draft starts NFL draft weekend or, you know, that week, you can't always wait for the ADP to come out. But I do think that when you look at startup ADP, there is a direct correlation to, you know, if the the top four players are going 50 to 65, and then players five through eight are going, like, 75 to 80 that is a teardrop in itself that's a whole round of value and startup and so that's a teardrop in in the rookie draft so i mean when you're trading down you want to go to the 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 bottom of a tier if you're trading up i mean yeah when you're trading down you want to go to the bottom of the tier when you're trading up you want to go to the top of a tier uh so that that's kind of how i see it that you if you have the startup data uh, available it doesn't correlate to every league and not everyone's going to take it as gospel but i do think that that is one way to identify teardrops. Yeah, and I think you definitely have to weigh your own personal tiers versus the tiers and how they're actually shaking out from an ADP standpoint. And this is something 
I've been kind of trying to rework over the last few years, like where do my convictions and like rookie ADP, like how does that collide? And um, like I reached on Rashad Penny in a few drafts last year and quickly reject re 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 yeah. Regret regret. Yeah. I was filled with regret and shame. And um, I, I think you have to be keenly aware like, so I think there's a clear top tier this year. I think it's Harry and, and AJ Brown, but I also have to recognize that maybe I don't have to take AJ Brown at 102. Maybe I can get him at 104. So um, yeah, I, I, I think tiers are very important for, for planning out the draft um, and getting the players you want at a reasonable value. So like you don't have to take, your guy at 102 if you can get him at 105 um and i'm not as much of a gambler but i do think that's an important thing especially if you can pick up like future seconds or some type of cheap veteran or you know some uh you know draft capital guy that hasn't done anything yet um those are good opportunities to get little pieces so yeah all right, let's go on to a topic that you have uh, dabbled in a little bit uh, in the prior discussions, and that's been trading current picks for future picks. Uh, obviously, we, we've talked about, you know, the, the cheapest time to acquire a future first is often when they first come available on your site, whether it be MFL or FFPC, um, because people just, you know, the, the win now teams are always like, oh, well, this future pick, get off my roster as soon as possible. And obviously that is not a recommended strategy of the Dynasty Tradecast, except for Dan. Um so, uh, Russell, um, wh- what are your thoughts on trading current picks? Maybe just during the rookie draft in general, when your pick comes up at the 109, don't like anything you got, you, you swap that for a-, a future first, you want something on top, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Uh, I don't normally know. Um, the, the main time I do try to get future first is um, in two-for-ones. And so along uh, – a long time has been the the idea of don't like don't do two for ones trading your good players for pieces but i i go the total opposite way i'll give up all my good players if i can just grab volume like volume 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 so um if i can make those two or three for ones and get their future first uh that's kind of my game plan and so i can slowly just chip away at all the win now teams that's kind of my my strategy in dynasty leagues and and that's why russell has finished first and second and never ends one and two like each of the last three years because <laughs> <laughs> i'm not in the league that's why he finishes first or second in there <laughs> um so for me trading trading the current picks for futures i think I think if I'm outside the top half and there isn't someone I absolutely love, uh, speaking of you know, like first rounds, obviously, if there's someone outside the top half that I'm not in love with, and you know, I'm let's say I'm at like 106, 107, or 108, I'll look to maybe one of the not so great teams that maybe projects as a top four to six pick and try to get something done with them because yes, uh, at um a player now is obviously worth more than a player in the future, but if it gets me more draft capital for the future and I can get something on top of it, I think that's one of my more ideal times to, to move out for future. Now we can always talk about, Oh, the next year's draft class is going to be this, or it's going to be that it, it, you know, the draft picks are always going to be worth something. And, Mm -hmm. and 
the earlier you are, the better, the more they're going to be worth. That's just it's, it's the nature of it. It's not, you know, you could have the worst class in the world, but those picks are always going to have some, some, a lot more value than people like to think, even when we have classes like this one that are messy. Now, now there's really good players, but it's messy. And so that's, you know, deemed to be less valuable for some reason. So I think, yeah, I think if I'm in the back half and I can move into the first half of the, of the following year and get a little bit on top, I think that's, that's the time I like to do it. Otherwise I'm usually trading my, my current and future picks for players. So uh, I think swapping picks for picks uh, going from year to year is, is a little bit outside of my expertise. And one one more thing I'll say in terms of teams to target for future first, don't target the deep teams. Target the team with like four or five studs that can't afford anybody to get injured. Like if they had, you know, OBJ last year, they had OBJ, Hopkins, uh, I don't know, Melvin Gordon and like Fournette to start the year. Like that looks amazing to start the year but they can't afford anybody to go down. Like those, those are the teams I target. Like if you're, if you're trading a future first with a, a deep win now team, it's kind of like, well, at worst, you know, they're going to be 109, 110. So it's, it's not as much you want. You want the, the non deep teams that one injury and the Titanic is sinking. And while there is certainly, you know, time left in the offseason, but my number one thing that I like to do is I look at in, in best ball leagues, I look at the quarterback and tight end positions, the onesie positions, or even if it's super flex, looking at quarterback as well. And if they're not rostering, you know, three NFL starting quarterbacks, I'm trying to acquire their first. If they're not rostering two NFL tight ends that are, you know, scoring points, I'm trying to acquire their first because people are so focused on getting that depth and run at running back and wide receiver in best ball that they don't account for the possibility of injury at the quarterback and tight end position, because in a normal dynasty league, you really only need one quarterback. You really only need one tight end, but that is far from the truth in best ball. I was told taking zeros uh, in positions was actually good. So I don't, I don't know <laughs> that, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, like it was mentioned by Russell, don't, um, don't go after deep teams. Look at the teams that either have a whole bunch of studs that are actually bad or teams that have the Napoleon complex that think they're significantly better than they actually are. Mm. Um, that we, we've all got those, those guys in our leagues that are probably willing to trade you their first for less, uh, you know, less <laughs> than it's actually worth. So I think, I think all of those are, are, uh, definitely good moves. All right. Uh, I've decided on the fly, folks, that we're going to save the rookie auction strategy for another for another episode. Got lots of content to provide over the next few weeks. So uh, before we get into our game of Dynasty Trade Tender, I want to talk to you guys about the FFPC. Hi, Rotoviz fans. Allow me a brief second to tell you about our good friends, the FFPC, the home of season-long high-stake fantasy football. While maybe the offseason for most people, it is definitely not for our listeners or the players over at the FFPC. If you're a diehard who's ready to draft now, the FFPC best ball leagues are already open for the 2019 season with drafts forming daily, starting at just $35 entry and even more. Are you a fan of the dynasty format? Of course you are. You're listening to the dynasty trade cast. This isn't the DFS trade cast or the redraft trade cast redraft trade cast. That'd be like, Hey, I want to trade this player for this player. I guess that's every trade. Anyways, over the last few years, the FFPC has become the go-to destination for serious dynasty players. They now have almost 300 active dynasty leagues starting at $77 and even at a $5,000 dynasty league. 
And the best part is not a single dynasty league has folded in nine years. Limited orphan teams are available to purchase right now, and brand new startup dynasty leagues will be opening shortly. Don't miss the FFPC experience. Rotoviz listeners, go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season long high stakes fantasy football. Okay. Uh, all right, kids. Let's, uh, I, I guess I'm hosting the game today, which who would have thought, especially uh, being probably the only one that's never used one of these. Today, we are going to play a little bit of Dynasty Rookie rookie Pick Tinder, which means that if you want this, want a certain side, you're swiping right. Or if you don't want anything to do with it, you're swiping left and just kind of going on your merry business. So we'll be providing you with one full trade. Each side of it will be left or right, technically. So in this very first scenario, we are the 102. So we're we're pretty good looking fellas here. All right. Up on our screen pops Aaron Jones, um, Valdez Scantling, Marquez, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Aaron Jones and Marquez Valdez Scantling. So the Packer duo, this is half PPR, pops up to our screen. Russell, are we swiping right or are we swiping left? So my strategy would be to to swipe right and then see what kind of spam it is and see how quickly they try to get my credit card number. Um, but this is clearly spam, and I am not addressing this further. Wow. So you're going to swipe right. So why wouldn't you right. swipe left, Sam? You're going to swipe right to prove the point of it being spam and be okay with it? Like just to see the the marketing strategy they try to trick old Russell with here. You but if you saying? swipe right, you're already you're out. <laughs> wait, wait, swiping right means yes, right? Yes, that we're, means you would trade it. We we are one hundred two. It means that you would right. trade the one hundred two for Aaron Jones and MVS. So this this would be one of those where someone in the league chat says um, says this offer, and I say yeah, send it. And then I just don't okay. respond. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm on your, I'm on your page now. So Russell's Russell's pulling the pump fake uh, in case anyone was confused. I'm very confused. Great move. Okay. Great move. I like it. I've, I've been known to do that. Uh, Nathan, what are you thinking about this one? I can see the argument for a swipe, right? There's a lot of Aaron Jones uh, fanboys that I am not. Uh, so I I'll take the, the stud wide receiver, whether it's Harry or Brown or Metcalf, all those guys are more uh, appealing than Aaron Jones and Valdez Scantling. He doesn't have any value in this trade. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm probably tossing my phone up in the air and hitting it uh, out of the park in left field with a baseball bat. Uh, so yeah, that's a hard swipe left mm-hmm. for me. In case you didn't gather that, very hard. Not what close. Kind of bat? Maple. Uh, <laughs> rich. I think it'd be made out of rich mahogany if I had to choose. Uh-huh. Not sure how sturdy those are. It'd have to be. I'd have to have some nice lacquer on it, though. Ooh. Okay, we have gone off the rails, and we are only through one trade. So let's uh, let's move into number two here. So we uh, again, okay, looking. I, I think uh, maybe this is one of those Photoshop pictures where we make ourselves look a little bit sexier than we actually are. This is Cortland Sutton and the two hundred five. So we are Cortland Sutton and the two hundred five. And onto our screen pops Calvin Ridley and the 303. Nathan, are you swiping right or left here? This one, this one is very, very close. And obviously it comes down to your opinion on 
on Sutton. And I I think he might be a little overhyped. And I think that Ridley, despite his great, you know, very good rookie season, uh, he's still being a little bit undervalued because of his, you know, his age and then people not liking him coming out of, of college. So I, I think that it's hard to turn away from his rookie production. So I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take the guy who produced in year one, who is more likely to continue to produce in year two. I like it. We got to swipe right uh, without any pump faking or anything. So Russell, how are we feeling here? Are you swiping right or left? Um, I think I'm swiping right here as well, though it is, that's very, that's a very fair trade. Um, but I, I think I just lean readily cause it feels a little safer to me, but, um, I'm certainly not going to knock the the Sutton side either. I think for me, it's I, I'm just going to ever so gently swipe left only because I do still like Cortland Sutton. And I think that 205 still falls in the range of, of players I think have a better outcome than not. Uh, I think that's still within my realm of, of guys I like. So 303, sure, it's, a, it's not that far of a drop, but like we talked about earlier, uh, there's a big teardrop there. So I don't think those two picks are as close as they actually seem within less than, less than a round. I think uh, the players, um, if you were to plug them into those two spots, would be vastly different in any sort of Twitter poll or something like that. So I think because I have Sutton and Ridley relatively close, though I would prefer Ridley, I think the 205 is definitely going to be uh, is definitely going to be the the icing on the cake for me here. So on to the next one. All right, we we are definitely good looking in this one. Mm-hmm. We happen to be the 101, the 112. And Ronald Jones, and onto our screen comes the 107, a 2020 first, and Rashad Penny. Ooh, Russell, uh, what are oh. we thinking here? Oh man! So this could just on the trade in general, this could end badly for both sides (laughs) like both of these sides could this is a gamble um so 101 112 and ronald jones or 107 a future first and penny correct (sighs) (sighs) oh man russell's Um, sweating i think we might be approaching shirt off time oh man uh i'll 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 swipe right but I don't. Oh man, my. Right. So usually I would auto swipe right, but that one hundred one is like makes you makes you hesitate a, a little bit. I'm a big one one guy this year. So, but yeah, okay. I'm swiping right. I, okay. Yeah. All Take right. It? Here, here's how I'll break it down. I'm also going to swipe right, although it pains me to give up Harry, but. Here's how I break it down. Ronald Jones has basically no dynasty value right now. So basically you could say the the 2021st equals 112 in Rojo. So then it breaks down to the 101 versus 107 in Penny. If you have any faith in Rashad Penny being a long-term RB2, then I think he's worth that drop from the 101 to the 107, which is why I lean towards that side. But I like like Russell said, both these sides could easily lose very badly. Um, the one-on-one side is contingent on Harry becoming a long-term wide receiver one or whoever your wide receiver one is. And then the other side is contingent on Penny not being a bust. 
Okay. I'm going to, I think I'm going to disagree here and swipe left. And let me tell you why. Okay. (laughs) Ronald Jones and Rashad Penny are, for me, a virtual wash. Yes, Rashad Penny absolutely has that first round uh, draft capital, which we're actually on live right now with Mr. Draft Capital himself and Mrs. Draft Capital herself. (laughs) Um, It's true. But. In uh, the rare case of drafting a running back in the first round, the Seattle Seahawks decided not to use him at all, Mm. which is not promising. So the fact that we have two relatively highly drafted running backs, one I believe was a mistake, the other just maybe wasn't all there, wasn't completely healthy, whatever it happens to be. So I'm going to call those two a virtual wash. 107 and 112 for me are very much in the same ballpark. They're going to net probably the same player. You might even be able to get the same player you wanted at 107 at 112 again because of this draft class. So I'm going to call those close enough, not a wash, but close enough. And then obviously the 101 versus the 2021st is not close. So right. in those terms, I am swiping You're left. You're right, it's the 2021st easily because that's the good class. <laughs> swiping left comfortably, Nathan, because I too have a one-on-one that I truly love and just can't get get over it. Ooh. Okay. Is that, is that a is are you not gonna reveal it? I'm not gonna reveal it. Oh, all right. All right. Just gotta keep everybody on the edge of their seats. I'll reveal it at some point, probably I, I will before say, the end of the show. Me and Nathan were talking about <laughs> Ronald, Ronald Jones the other day, and it's a really weird situation. This was a bad rookie year, and it's tough to tell if they're just giving up and then they got the new head coach, but clearly he was a talented enough guy, you know, to be drafted in the second round. So I haven't fully given up yet. I mean, the, the fact that they haven't like signed TJ Yeldon yet or, or just yeah. traded for Duke Johnson yet, those are things that could happen the next two days before you release the well, episode. But, but yeah. the fact that that hasn't happened yet shows that, you know, maybe they have faith in him a little bit. Maybe. Okay. All right. But I, I'm, I, th- I think he has zero dice value right now. Good. Do you have him in any leagues I can come buy him from you? Um, okay. On to the uh, next one. We've got one more after this. We are uh, all of a sudden really attractive, but inside we've got some demons. Uh, we are Chris Godwin because he, on paper, you know, his dynasty value has been skyrocketing, but underneath it all, some question marks. And onto our screen comes 105. I'm going to start us on this one. Uh, because I do dig me some Chris Godwin. I think strictly based on Twitter's reaction to the coach speak, because I think I could get more, I'm going to swipe left. Now, if that had never been said, I think I'd be swiping right. But I think I could get more, and I think I could do better for myself. I'm one that's been known to outpunt his coverage, so uh, I think I could do better. Russell, how are you feeling? I think I agree with the idea that you can just get more. Um, I, with that said, whoever I get at 105, I'll probably value the same or maybe even a little higher because I, I view it as a, a five or four wide receiver tier, especially did they mention if it was super flex or one QB? No, no. 
I assume it was one QB. One QB. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I I'd really want to get into that one four one oh four range. Uh so I'll I'll uh I'll swipe left for now. Even though I want to trade God. I'm swiping right. I'm swiping right. I think that there is an underrated chance that the Bucks invest at wide receiver in the draft, which will put some damper on on the Chris Godwin hype. Even if it's a third or fourth rounder, I mean, that'll say, hey, like they weren't comfortable with Godwin being, you know, the sole wide receiver too. Um, so I think that at the 105, you're guaranteeing one of the big four of Harry Butler, uh, Brown, and Metcalf, or the RB1, which whoever that is at this point, it's just for me, the RB1 is whoever goes first in the draft, hashtag draft capital. So, uh, yeah, I'm guaranteeing either the RB1 or the quote unquote big four wide receivers. So I'll take any of those guys over Godwin. Um, I do think that this another one could, that could blow up in the face of the guy selling Godwin. But uh, right now, I do think the floor of the 105 is higher than Godwin. All right, this is going to be a complete hypothetical and be completely moronic, but I got to say it because you said whoever the first running back taken is who you're going to be is who's going to be your uh, RB one. So let's say just everyone agrees that they're not going to take a running back for a while. For some reason, the league colludes and they decide that no one can be taken in the first two rounds from running back. And John Gruden pulls the trigger because of his sheer size. Uh, pulls the trigger on Elijah Holyfield in the third round. <laughs> and he happens to be the first running back off the board. Is he your RB1, Nathan? No. You're really, really uh, drilling the screws in here, aren't you? That's totally reasonable. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, final, final, final one here. We uh, we are in a super flex world uh, in this in this scenario. And we happen to be the lovely Kirk Cousins uh, with 201 and 204 along with along for the ride with us. And onto our screen pops Kenny Galladay and Cooper Cup. Russell, your thoughts. Um this would be very dependent on how many QBs I have. Um if I have two. I'm I'm doing this uh, just because quarterbacks are so hard to trade for in super flex leagues. Um, and I think cousins, it, it's kind of like Andy Dalton who for a few years now, it's like everyone, he's going to be replaced. He's going to be replaced. And then he just isn't. So I kind of like grabbing those guys and hoping I can get a few years out of them. So I, I like the, uh, the cousins side. So I'm Kirk cousins, right? That's correct. So I'm I'm swiping left. And I think second round super flex rookie picks are more valuable because of the quarterbacks pushes a few guys back. Especially, especially the early second rounders. Yeah. Early second rounders are basically like, that's where you can get those wide receiver first round wide receivers, not first round, literally, but like first round rookie draft wide receivers that slip to the second. So uh, I, I really like that side. Yeah. I'm uh, yeah, I'm going to agree here. I'm swiping left. I'm keeping Cousins in this scenario. Uh, if we're breaking it down, you know, player's perspective, I'd say Cousins and Galladay and the Superflex should be valued about the same. Some might say that's a little bit high on, on Cousins, but that's how important quarterbacks are in Superflex, especially ones that have long-term job security. Uh, Russell mentioned, uh, you know, thinking 
Cousins mm-hmm. would lose his job, but he's getting paid way too much money to lose his job anytime right. soon. Right. Uh, so if we if we uh, cancel out Cousins and Galladay, then we look at 201 and 204 for Cup. And in a one QB league, I think that's very close. I, I've grown more of an affinity for Cup in, in recent years. I've realized that, you know, golf can support Cooks and Woods and Cup, which I didn't think was possible. Uh, but I think that that's fair return. I think that the distance between Galladay and, and Cousins is farther than the 201-204 versus Cup. I think I, uh, I think I agree with you both here. And, you know, you say it's maybe a little bit lofty for Cousins and Galladay to be valued similarly. Well, look at it from this perspective. In the startup, I think it's almost guaranteed that Galladay would go before Cousins. But if you went out and sought, uh, I saw the trade after Cousins or Galladay. You would have to pay, I, I would guess, more a good amount more to get Cousins than you would to get Galladay in a super flex. The startup, yes. the startup draft is where you're going to get quarterbacks cheapest in super flex, and going after them in a in a trade is always always going to going to come with a bigger cost. So I think off sheer value, it it might be close if you dropped one of these seconds. Uh, I think that would make this uh, an actual difficult time for me to swipe left, but with the other second on here and it being super flex and those, like Russell said, those, those picks both basically being rookie first rounders from that perspective, if you remove the quarterbacks, uh, I, I think it's a pretty easy swipe left here. And the one other thing, the quarterback class, we don't know where these quarterbacks are going to go, but we could see like, five quarterbacks go around one or something weird like Greer Locke and uh, like Daniel, Daniel Jones, Jones people yeah like so that that that's gonna make super flex drafts really weird this year you know right I mean if if Josh Allen was going in the mid second of super flex leagues then uh Daniel Jones is gonna go on like the early third even if he goes <laughs> in the first round facts yeah true it is crazy though because you have the two the two that are deemed to be kind of like the locked QB1 and QB2 and then you do have that next tier of three guys that legitimately could go anywhere from like the Giants to Dolphins to whoever down the line all the way into the back half of the first and you could even see like a um you know a, a team moving in from the second into the back end of the first where like the Patriots are to get that pick like we've seen in the past too to get, you know, maybe the third or fourth quarterback just to make sure that they get one. So uh, I think Russ is definitely right. We see, we see, I guess, at least four quarterbacks go uh, day one, which might be a little bit of a stretch, but when push comes to shove, people are, people are dying to get a quarterback on their hands. And, and if they smell blood in the water, they, they make the move to go get them. All righty. That'll wrap us up for today. Uh, thanks for listening to the Dynasty Tradecast with myself, Nathan Powell, and Dan Senio. Uh, Russell, I'm not sure if you've been on since your, uh, your big announcement, but congrats on your full-time fantasy ship uh, and uh, tout where they can find your full-timeness. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, I'm at fantasyguru.com. I'm uh, pumping out five five articles a week right now basically doing all the stuff that i've been doing you know for a while now rookies uh future prospects uh dynasty drafts and then uh i've been doing a weekly best ball article on values and what to do with rookies and um you know what to do with tyreek hill now that like he may be you know out of the nfl but maybe not you know stuff like that so 
definitely come join in. Uh, we got a live chat. Come, come hang, guys. Also, make sure you're following him on Twitter at Russell J. Clay. That's two L's and two S's in Russell, believe it or not. So mm. make sure you get in there because his, his Twitter is uh, some juicy goodness there, too. All righty, that'll wrap us up. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Kadoosh. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.